Buzz the Predators get ready for their home opener tonight. We want to know what you guys thought about the Preds this season. We put out fan polls asking questions about some of the biggest hot topics going into the Predators season. And we got those results for you. A couple of them are pretty interesting. We'll break them down today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Predators podcast. You can listen to us daily wherever you get your podcast. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com. And I have a partner in crime I'm happy to see after a little three-day sabbatical. I know. It's so good to see you and your beard back. Yeah. I forgot Nick had a beard. It was a whole thing. I'm Ann Kimmel. I am a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. I have had this beard for literally the entirety of the podcast that we've done together. Um do you have new lighting? Something is different. <laughs> we, we, we've been doing this. Uh, Locked On Networks put this out yesterday. We've been doing this for a one year now. We recently yes. anniversary. That's and right. I think I've only been like very like clean shaven or just like stubble for maybe like one week of that because I shaved for my Halloween costume last year. Okay. So I'm I'm curious where this is coming from. <laughs> I don't know, but let's not focus on that so much as I think the one year anniversary is paper. So here I'm gonna mail you this post-it note to okay. celebrate our anniversary. There we go. Hey, I've got, got a couple for you too. Fun, fun oh, couple. see. Oh, yours is purple. That's lovely. See, yeah. look at us celebrating our locked on anniversary with the traditional paper post-it note gift. Yeah, I didn't bring the fireball, but I would toast to you as well because it's got a paper label, right? Like it does. I think it does. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, we'll save that for something amazing that's going to happen this season. There's always going to be fireball moments. I can just feel it. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of celebrating big moments, tonight is definitely a reason to celebrate because the Nashville Predators have their home opener. Or probably their regular season opener, if you ask any NHL advertising marketing campaign thing that's been going on. Uh, yeah, the Predators play the Dallas Stars at home at Bridgestone Arena. Seven o'clock puck drop, as usual. Um, yeah. And I think very, very happy to see the Preds back on home ice, uh, Bridgestone Arena. Last time they saw the Preds didn't work out so well. I think they'll be looking for any sort of reason to cheer this time. Yeah, I mean, it's got to go better than it did the last time the Predators were on the ice at Bridgestone Arena. And we don't even need to revisit that because it's early and painful. But yeah, no, and I think a home opener, too, against the Dallas Stars, I think, is always a good mix for a, a ruckus crowd. Just there's a lot of recent history with the Stars that are definitely... 
elevates kind of the drama and just the desire for the crowd to see the predators absolutely demolish the the opponent so bridgestone is going to be amazing tonight and i don't know if you saw like they've got all these new food items there they have a new photo booth where you can select getting your picture taken with like like pseudo computerized predators it's it's going to be amazing so you know it it makes me think maybe i need to get a ticket for tonight and yeah. not wait I, uh, I miss this. I miss this um, when I was gone. But yeah, what, what was your favorite food item? Um, you know, that's I'm the worst person to ask that of because like I'm a creature of habit and I don't like unique things. So I'm pretty much I'm a second floor hot dog and French fries girl. Like there's a place on the second floor I go for my hot dogs and French fries. So um, but you should ask somebody who's super classy. Who goes to the Brad's games? <laughs> I am not her. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna have like some like T-bone steak one of these games where I go to visit you. No, I'll be second floor hot dog and French fries, and then after the second intermission, we're gonna get crazy and we're gonna get a box of M and M's because that's how I like. I know how to do. A, I know how to do a Predators game, my friend. I will lead you through the Same. magic. I like the M and M's idea. I go funnel cake. For like second intermission. You know what I can't find? Every so often I'll go wild and I'll get one of the grilled cheeses from the first floor because those are amazing. But they used to have Dunkin' Donuts where you could buy the little donut holes. And that one I haven't seen in the preseason on the first floor. So I may have to go up to the third floor. Because that's that's like when you're really, really excited, you get yourself a cup of donut holes. Yeah. That's a classic snack. Uh, I feel like that that would have been more like a prog like wake up in the afternoon and, and watch that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there's a lot that's happened uh, that we haven't exactly <laughs> been able to cover with each other. Uh, True. Or, some of it will get to each other. Um, obviously the predators coming into this off uh, two straight wins in Prague, uh, Dallas stars. This is their season opener. Um, so there, there's kind of a lot to, to break down here. And to your point, and, you know, we love playing the Dallas stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not forget. They play two days from now again. Yes. Dallas. So it almost feels like this is kind of going to have a little bit of like that playoff mentality kind of game, not, you know, a winner go home sort of thing, but playoff mentality is mm-hmm. like, super familiar and super frustrated with some of the guys you're playing with. I expect probably you're going to see physical presence kind of dominate here early. Yeah. And whatever does not feel great in this game tonight is going to carry over into Saturday night. So it's, it's going to be a really, I think it's a really interesting, fun, um, high drama way to open like the home opener. And then I think Saturday is in Dallas, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's good high drama. Like way to go, NHL. They had an eighth grade girl put together the schedule and they nailed it when it so comes they, to drama. They nailed this one because I love opening the season with a back to back against the same opponent. Later yeah. in the season, the thing I didn't like uh mm-hmm. was they had the CL Kraken back to back, but both games are at Bridgestone Arena. So it's like the same game. Wow. Twice in like a three day span. I think they play like a Thursday and a Saturday, like at home against huh. the Kraken both times. And that's like, that's the back and back I, I hate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple of things for Dallas. Uh, you know, obviously, new coach Pete DeBoer coming in, hold for laughs. Um, 
that's you know a very different look for the Dallas Stars this year than they have in years past. Uh, kind of the big headline coming out of camp is at least to start. Uh, it doesn't look like Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben are going to be together. Remember that was kind of the the big power line for the Dallas Stars over the past decade or so. Tyler Sagan centering the center line. Jamie line. Jamie Ben playing winger on the third, next to Wyatt Johnston and Dennis Gurionov. So very interesting changes for the Dallas Stars this year. And of course, on the back end, uh, no John Klingberg. There's definitely yes. questions about their depth back there. In goal, though, th- that seems like that is where the, the X factor is going to be. Yes. Uh, in At least in this game, and is Jake Ottinger. Uh, big contract that he got. He was one of the best goalies in the league mm-hmm. last year. Really burst onto the scene in that Calgary Flames series just because, you know, the Flames should have absolutely stonewalled the Dallas Stars. Yes. And Jake Ottinger came back and made that a seven-game series, almost stole the series from them. Mm-hmm. Um, the big question mark, and just like Rome or just like UC Saros was for us last year, is can Jake Ottinger do that again consistently year in and year out? Yeah, and I really do think you're right. I think Jake Ottinger for the rest of the season is going to be the X factor for the Dallas Stars because very much like UC Saros, he is a goaltender who's going to steal wins for you. Um, If they can keep him healthy, I think he is going to make the Dallas Stars probably significantly better than, than maybe what they could be. I'm trying to find a nice way to say it. It's hard to try to say it in a nice you're way about the Dallas Stars. You're saying they kind of suck, but their goalie's good. But their goalie's good. And look, I can say that because I think the Nashville Predators have kind of danced in that water themselves. They've dipped their toe in that water recently. But, you know, Jake Ottinger, look, this is a whole lot of goalie to love. He's a young, young guy, but he is 6'5", 220. Like, he is the walrus from the Geico commercial that just sits in the net. <laughs> and it just sits in that. I mean, he's just huge, but it's not just size. I mean, this is a goaltender. He's so talented um, and and definitely something where I, he lowers the confidence level of Nashville Predators fans just by taking the ice tonight. Um, 913 save percentage last year, 2.46 goals against allowed. And like you said, I mean, he is not afraid of big moments. He showed up for the Dallas stars in that playoff series that the predators should have been in against the Calgary flames. But again, we're not going to look back looking forward today, friends. Um, So yeah, Ottinger for me is the, is the player to definitely watch when it comes to Dallas and how this game turns out, he's going to be kind of the X factor for the stars. Yeah. Uh, So that game is seven o'clock puck drop central time tonight, eight o'clock. If you're watching in the Eastern time zone, like me. Uh, and of course, on tomorrow's Locked on Predators, we'll have our normal uh, game recap featuring one word to describe the game and all the t- major takeaways. Uh, so that's coming up tomorrow. But hey, we still have a lot to get to previewing this game. There's some big storylines surrounding the Nashville Predators this season as they get their home opener underway. We wanted to ask your opinion. You've heard us blab enough, but we wanted to get your opinion. So we put out some fan polls this week. couple of interesting uh, answers, things that neither me or Anne really, uh, really got behind this year. So we're going to go through the polls and uh, come up with some of our more surprising responses in just a little bit. First, I want to mention today's show brought to you by betonline.net. 
That is your number one source for betting this wonderful hockey season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. See uh, if Preds are going to take the over-under tonight what the money line is, who's going to score the first goal, all that good stuff. You can find that on Bet Online, And it's also the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your other favorite games and events, Major League Baseball playoffs in full swing. Uh, we got college and pro football, plenty of great games this weekend. They even have stuff on MMA, boxing, golf, and the upcoming NBA season. So be sure to head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Ann. So as we were discussing this week, uh, we wanted to get the fans' opinion. You and I blabber on a lot about our takes uh, on some of the major Preds storylines going into the season. I feel like you and I have been talking about it for, uh, what, about five months? Months. Yeah, whenever the last uh, Predators game ended. So we kind of wanted to get your take on it. So we created some polls and uh, we are going to go through the results. The first one, Anne, uh, oh. the first question I asked, where do you see the Predators finishing in the Central this year? Uh, the choices were surprise champs, respectable second or third, getting in as a wild card, or no playoffs, much sadness. The overwhelming mm-hmm. winner with 67.5% of the poll, respectable second or third. Yeah, I I feel good about this. I think for the Nashville Predators, where they're at right now, where they've been, um, and just the problems they've addressed and the way the Central stacks up going into this season, very. Uh, I think that's a really good. I think that's a good take. I think it's a, a little. You know, it shows a little bit of optimism in the Nashville Predators fan base, which is not perhaps a quality, a character quality this fan base is necessarily known for. I do want to address the 14% who said surprise champs, baby, because I feel like... You got to go all in if you're going to do this. I mean, I feel like that's going to hurt down the line. So I don't know if you caught any of the... Blackhawks avalanche game last night and again it was the Blackhawks against the avalanche I saw two periods and that was plenty for me to go oh okay yep yep this is this is gonna be the the avalanche are gonna be good again folks but I like I feel good about a respectable second or third don't you I I think that is probably what I would be the most okay with like that is what I would Mm -hmm. say okay the season of success sex success i think even if they make the playoffs as a wild card Mm -hmm. i if if they make it as a wild card i would look at it and say you know this kind of felt like last year kind of felt like there is some underachieving going on um the central division is tough we've talked about it before it seems like there's colorado and then there's just kind of you know the tier of nashville st louis and minnesota we're gonna get to that one in a second too. Mm-hmm. It just seems like there's kind of that hodgepodge tier of you know teams that you know could be much better than they were last season, but it could also be a little bit worse. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that shakes out. But I would say second or third would be a successful year. Mm-hmm. And hey, you know, to to the fourteen point six percent of you who said uh, surprise champs, 
anything can happen. You know, Colorado could go on a slide. Nashville can get hot. So, hey, let's let's just uh, let's just leave that one out there, shall we? Uh, all right. I mean, it's on the poll, so so it's it's open for voting. I guess I just was kind of surprised, but I, you know, hey, walk in confidence, my friends. Yeah, so the surprise champs, that was the third biggest response. Skirt in as a wild card, 15%. That was the second highest response. Only 2% of you said uh, no playoffs this year. So, yeah, yay, yay optimism. We're yeah. hot over here. I feel like we we're running off on people after a year, Annie. <laughs> it only took a year, Nick. It, it only a took a year. <laughs> uh, question number two, we asked, which Preds player do you think is most likely to mm-hmm. match and or improve upon its success from last season for this coming season. Uh, the choices we gave you were Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, and UC Saros. Uh, the winner of this poll, 42.4%, UC Saros. Yes. I only, op- like, I only created so many fake accounts to vote for Matt Duchesne, and clearly I did not get enough. Uh, Matt Duchesne was uh third in this but you know as i kind of watched this poll as it recorded i thought you know i can see the argument for uc soros i I really can see the argument for soros i think he's just consistent i think the uc soros that we've seen the last couple seasons that's just who he is that's just how he plays i think he is consistently really good and i think having a backup that i don't think lankanen's going to get a ton of ton of starts but having a backup that they feel like they can start if they want to rest Saros I think it's going to help him in the end um so this one is is even though it is not the vote of my heart I would say yeah I I, I like I like this UC Saros 42 percent I don't know how do you feel about it who do who do you think is going to have it who's going to um, have the better the better year so this is the, the question about the poll that I want to kind of, I guess, follow up with people listening. And if you're voted, feel free to chime in on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, was this because, you know, you just think UC Saros is gradually improving and he's finding a stride and, you know, he's going to be, you know, elite goaltender year in and year out, like, you know, Pecorine was, or do you think that Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi and Matt Duchesne sort of overachieved last yeah. year? That to me is, is my question uh, with how hmm. people answered. I, I'm with you. I think like I get um, UC Saros. The the second highest answer with 27.3% is Philip Forsberg. Um, and that I also agree with. In fact, that probably would have been my pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think when you look at the numbers last year, you know, Forsberg had 84 points, but also missed 13 games. What right. Yeah. 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 Up it was being, 13. 13 games he missed um, and you look at his scoring rates his scoring rates were actually like on pace for to flirt with a 100 point season so that tells me there's a lot more in the tank for philip forsberg and he's also out of roman yossi and matt duchene the youngest so he's the guy whose game is still kind of like in the beginning of his prime mm-hmm. so to me, yeah. to me forsberg would have that was my pick for mm-hmm. this um, and I certainly understand why he, he's second on the list as well. Yeah, I can too. Although here's what I, what my thought was, as I looked at this list, um, you look at somebody like Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg, and if you can keep those two healthy, I think they play so well off of each other. 
hopefully, I think we saw it last season, and I really think there's no reason to expect we don't, that if they can continue to play that well individually, the other player is going to benefit from that. And Roman Yossi is Roman Yossi, and he may be kind of at the top of the bell curve when it comes to age in the league. Um, But I think Yossi can have a really good season too. I don't think for as surprising as it was to have this many players have really good seasons last season, it all made sense that Mm. they had the seasons they did. You know, it, it didn't, none of them felt like a fluke, which is what gives me hope that all four of these guys could again have really strong seasons. I don't think that last season was necessarily a fluke in any way for any of them. So I think it's encouraging and and it's nice to kind of see people across the board think that all four of them in one way or another have some potential. Yeah. Uh, Matt Duchesne, 16.7%. Uh, Roman Yossi was dead last. 13. Surprising. Surprising, but I get it. Like that was kind of a historic season. Uh, he's still going to yeah. be the best defenseman in the NHL, but I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the third question. Other, yeah. other than Colorado, who do you see as the Preds' biggest competition in the Central? Uh, the end. The choices we gave you were St. Louis, Minnesota, and Dallas, uh, and we also gave you a thing for something else. No one, did, no one, absolutely zero people picked this someone else. <laughs> About the state of the central division, uh, 53.8% the blues. And yeah, hard to disagree with that, Anne. I was actually surprised by it be- only because I think that it's right. I think the blues are going to be one of the top teams in the central. I just feel like it's the team nobody's talking about. You know, I feel like everybody is kind of rumbling about the Minnesota Wild. How are they going to be without Kevin Fiala? The Dallas Stars, people just talk about the Dallas Stars, you know. Um, but St. Louis Blues, I think even last season, they were quietly very good. Yeah. But a lot of people weren't talking about them. So it was kind of surprising to me to see the Blues garner 53% of the vote in this because just in general, the Central Division doesn't hasn't paid a lot of attention to them and they've been good. Yeah. Uh, and they're one of those teams, and we've said this over and over again, that they were the team that looked the best against the Colorado Avalanche in the playoffs, like looked the most threatening. And yes. I'm including the Tampa Bay Lightning in that too. So it feels like St. Louis, you know, obviously there's questions for them too, you know, especially uh, in terms of depth scoring, you know, can guys like Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas keep taking that next step? Mm-hmm. Um, well, some other guys like Vladimir Tarasenko kind of get on the wrong edge of 30. So that is going to kind of be the, um, you know mm-hmm. the, the, big, the big question mark there. Uh, Minnesota Wild was the uh, the second the the second most with thirty eight point five percent. Dallas Stars seven point seven percent. Yeah, not not a lot of not- people buying in the Stars this year. <laughs> not a lot of hype Sorry, there. Jane Lewis from Locked On Stars. We still love you. Yes. Yeah. So let's do one more here real quick before we take another quick break. But okay, which new Preds edition do you think will be the biggest missing piece compared to last season's team? We had three options here. Nino Niederreiter, Ryan McDonough, Kevin Lankinen. Okay, I'm thinking some recency bias on this one, but 80% said Nino Niederreiter is going to be the biggest missing piece. Uh, Ryan McDonough, 15.7%. Lankin in 4.3%. What do you think about that? 
Well, th this was to, to put out in perspective, this was the biggest landslide um, yes. of any of the polls we had. Uh, and I agree, there's probably some recency bias there. Um, but but look, you know, if if Nina Arena Rider gets to 20 goals, again, that is a low bar. All he has to do is get to 20 goals this season. I will say he is a successful signing for what the mm -hmm. Predators wanted him to do. So um, I, I agree. I think he's going to be the biggest difference maker uh, from last year. Um, just be, just because I think the Preds didn't really have any of that depth scoring, obviously, because Luke Cunning and Ellie Tolvanen kind of underwhelmed. Um, yeah. So he is able to go on that second line and add some depth scoring. The Predators are much more dangerous team. Although I will say the wild card on this list is Kevin Lincoln and Ann. Because you kind of mentioned it earlier when we were talking about UC Saros's, you know, whether he was going to be able to reproduce his year or not. Mm -hmm. Kevin Lankinen is able to have even like a decent season, like a like a decent to solid season. That changes kind of how the Predators can manage their goalies a little bit because all of a sudden, yeah, UC Saros can play in fewer games. He can have a, you know, maybe about five to eight games more rest this year than he did last year. And I do think that is going to be a difference. I think that keeps his longevity up because, you know, like you had last year where you were kind of having to play UC Saros almost every game because you didn't trust yeah. backups. That's yeah. that I do think is a difference. So I wouldn't count out Kevin Lincoln who was last in the poll but I, but I think he is kind of the guy that maybe make a huge difference. I'm going to – I agree with what you're saying. I think the same is probably true for McDonough. And I feel like McDonough gets robbed in this poll because statistically I'm not sure there's really a good way to prove how important he is. But I think the addition of McDonough – a hundred percent changes the defensive depth that the predators have. And that one addition has changed so much about the decor. So for me, I'm, I, I get the Nino get it. And I agree with you about Lincoln it as well, but I also like, let's not underestimate how important McDonough is either. So I, I don't feel like you can go a hundred, like you just can't go too far wrong on this one. But again, like you said, need a rider by a landslide on this yeah. one was, was, was the missing piece. So we've got a couple more poll questions that we want to get to. You all had uh, big feelings and big votes. So we're going to break down a couple more questions, but first want to thank you for making lockdown predators your first listen today. When we wrap up, you're going to want to go and make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey steal and flip, bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news analysis and advice Monday through Friday. You can get Locked on Fantasy Hockey available on YouTube, Audacity, anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. All right, and so let's go back to some more fan poll questions. Mm -hmm. Number five, which depth pred do you think is most poised for a breakout season? Uh, we The options we gave you were Cody Glass, Kiefer Sherwood, Ellie Tolvanen, and Jeremy Lazan. And we have a dead tie. I love that. A dead tie, each with 43.1% Cody Glass and Ellie Tolvanen. You know, hard to disagree with that. Also feels like their seasons may be a little bit intertwined as well. 
Yes. And, and I can understand both of them. I think everybody just from a purely emotional, non-statistical standpoint, I think everybody is pulling for Cody Glass. I mean, you just can't not love Cody Glass, but I think the same thing is true for Ellie Tolvanen because so much about Tolvanen's game last season was good, except the scoring. I think him getting a goal in one of the first two games, I think it was the first game, was a good uh, a good omen. But I agree with you. I think these two very could spend a lot of the season together. And if one of them kind of gets going well out of the gate, the other is going to benefit from it. I will say I'm a little disappointed in the underwhelming response for Kiefer Sherwood. I think a lot of people's expectation is this is somebody who came into camp, looked really good for a couple weeks, and is going to prove to, you know, just not be... That's not really his game, that that he just peaked at, at a good time and he's going to disappear and, you know, ride off into the sunset. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but I didn't vote. So, yeah. and and Jeremy Lazan with 3.4% of the vote, expectations maybe not as high for Jeremy Lazan. I don't know. How do you feel about these depth players? Do you, how do you feel about this poll? Do you feel like they got it? Well to, well, to go back on Sherwood, well, first off, the answer, yeah, they, I think they nailed it, that it was either going to be Glass or Tolvanen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with, with Sherwood, I think there's just kind of that doubt. It's like he had a really good camp and a really good preseason and looked good in some of those preseason games on the second line. But there's a difference between able to, you know, have a hot run, have a hot run of stretch, and mm-hmm. do it for 82 games a year. And I think maybe that's some of the doubt of where Kiefer Sherwood comes in. Um, but, you know, it, it's hard to argue against Glass or Tolvin. And I think Glass is maybe the one that's maybe a little bit more poised to have the breakout season just because, you know, I feel like Ellie Tolvin, uh, the expectations for him are going to be a little bit higher just because he's been here for, for three years or so. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny. I think Cody Glass is going to have, you know, maybe the more bigger jump from this year mm-hmm. to last year. But let's also not forget that there's still kind of mentioning Sherwood kind of uncertainty with that other second line winger spot. And so if Ellie Tolvanen has a good run of play with Cody Glass, maybe gets moved around a little bit and jumps up to the top line or the, the you know top six role, he may be able to kind of build off of what he did last year, maybe have a 40 to 50 point season. So uh, statistic wise, maybe Ellie Tolvin, but in terms, I think of improvement from, you know, last year to this year, it's gotta be Cody glass. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Speaking of young players, this next question, um, you just were poking the bear here. So hot topic in Nashville, Phil Tomasino starting the season in Milwaukee. We asked, do you think Phil Tomasino will be back full-time on the Preds NHL roster this season? Your options were yes before Christmas, yes by the deadline, yes by playoff time, no, not quite his time. I was kind of surprised by these results. Oh, 50%, 50 50.8% said yes, we're going to see Tomasino back full-time by Christmas. 25.4% said by the deadline, he'll be back into the lineup. 15.3% said by playoff time. 8.5% said, no, not quite his time. What's your take on this? Well, first off, I mean, (laughs) we, we, you and I didn't get a chance to talk about this, but um, look, Phil Tomasino going to the AHL is what it is. Yeah. No, I don't think it's, as big of a deal 
as people are making. And I think the circumstances and John Himes kind of hit on it uh, in his press conference when he was asked about this, um, he kind of hit on this a little bit where he's just saying, you know, like, look, this is, we suddenly have a lot more depth this year and that gives us, you know, the luxury of being a little bit more patient for mm-hmm. time. You know, it's like last year, it's like he had to be on the fourth line because he was, you know, they needed a body. Good players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think the Preds long term are gonna be a little bit more patient with him. I I would say maybe yes by the deadline. Really? My guess. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are saying yes by Christmas just because a lot of people feel that he can jump in and play that role. I think the only reason that happens is if a somebody like Kiefer Sherwood or Cole Smith really don't perform, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of, it's kind of like the, uh, you remember the Tommy Novak thing from last year where he came out early, won his spot, had a really hot start. And then as the year went on, you kind of became like, okay, this, this guy, you know, needs more seasoning in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I think if, you know, if they do that with, you know, Sherwood or Cole Smith, you know, simmers down a little bit, then I think that opens the door. If Phil Tomasino has a really good start in Milwaukee, that's the caveat. I just, I just don't think the Preds are going to rush him. Like I think Raiders are going to kind of take a longer term approach. I think they would rather have him in a perfect world, you know, maybe spend a full year in Milwaukee kind of be the guy and maybe come up for like spot starts, you know, in case of injuries or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see them be a little bit more patient with him. You know, if he's back this year, you know, if things, you know, shake out, you know, long-term injuries and stuff like that, I, I would say by the deadline would be yeah. my guess. What, what's your guess? You know, I, I do think, I mean, I do really think we're going to see Phil Tomasino back with the Predators. Um, Full time is the, is the caveat that gives me yeah. pause. Um, and I agree with you. I, I think we'll see him before Christmas. Will he be a back as a full-time roster position before Christmas? I don't know that that's true. And I agree with you a lot depends on injury. A lot depends on how some of these new faces kind of shake out long-term, but everybody I think just needs to take a deep breath on Phil Tomasino. It's going to be okay. Look at Cody glass. One of the best things for glasses game was a year in Milwaukee. So, you know, this, this is not, nobody has spoken fire and brimstone over Tomasino or his future with the franchise. So, you know, I I'm okay. I'm okay. If it's by the deadline. Well, I mean, Twitter has spoken. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, no, I would agree. I think full-time by the deadline. I think full-time by the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to disagree with that. Um, Question number seven. What do you think is the biggest question mark facing the Preds right now? Uh, We offered up depth scoring, too many penalties, defense in front of Saros, and team depth for injuries, you know, by that one, we just meant like, Hey, if somebody gets hurt, there's not anybody that can really fill that person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 63% of the vote and said too many penalties. Can I get a witness? Can yeah. I get a witness? <laughs> yeah. I a- mean, amen to that one. I mean, it is. And I know that everybody in Nashville is, is hypersensitive to seeing the arm go up because it was such a, an issue last season. So I'm trying to be patient with it, but I will tell you the penalties have, I mean, you've, you cannot improve your lineup. You cannot improve 
you know, all these aspects of your team and just be like, well, let's see yeah. if penalties fall where they may. So I would agree 63% too many penalties. Not not yeah. exactly a smooth start in the uh, the two global <sighs> series games. Come on! Um, yeah. Killing me. Killing me. I don't know. Depth scoring, 29.6%. Team depth for injuries, 5.6. And I, I would, okay, 1.9% defense in front of Soros. And and I think, you know what? Not sure who the 1.9% is, but let's hear it for defense in front of Soros because I think that's something that the Predators fans maybe haven't had as much confidence in. But I think, again, the addition of McDonough makes defense a whole thing. So yeah. yay for defense. Yeah, I think that's that was the one from last year that I think is, is probably the most uh, fixed. And then uh, yeah. that's for injuries, 5.6%. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people, um, you know, feel a little bit more confident about depth this year. So, mm -hmm. you know, I guess there's more people to step up. Um, yeah. yeah, sure, good, good yeah. job, depth. Um, and last but not least, which that yeah. is literally how the question starts. Last but not least, <laughs> what's your confidence level in the direction of the Preds? All in, cautiously mm -hmm. optimistic, not quite sold, but we'll see. Or let's burn the entire thing down. <laughs> Uh, 66 points or 66% cautiously optimistic. I mean, were, was it Nashville predators Twitter that answered this question? Because right? yeah. in general, not necessarily a cautiously optimistic vibe on predators Twitter, just saying, but I do think the predators did some really important things in the off season. And I think that they had, for a short condensed training camp. I think they had some real standout players. So I like this. I like the positive vibe. The 2% who said this ain't it. Like, what do you people want? What do you want? <laughs> it's only 2%. Like only 2%. So, And maybe they're just, just in general discontents because I'm like, like, I'm not, can't promise anything, but I'm like, what do you want from these people? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think there is a certain you know group that it's like if if it's not built the way they would want to do it, or the people that aren't there are the ones that they then it's like oh then you know the team doesn't know what they're doing and yeah really look at it from kind of a uh, you know it's either um, yeah you do what they do or you're the like a train wreck. And yeah. I think that's part of part of it. And I think people are just generally upset by Phil Tomasino maybe going down to um if you not necessarily him going down, but who stayed up, you know, over him. I think that was maybe some of the discontent. But I would say cautiously optimistic. Obviously, I don't think any of us are like all in on it. Right. Sixteen points or sixteen percent of you guys. Um I think it, it's going to be kind of one of those things where this season's going to tell you a lot, you know, is there something there to keep building on mm -hmm. um, or is this kind of a group of sometimes overachievers uh, that, that doesn't really have a real chance. I think this season's going to tell you a lot um, about the yeah. direction of the team. Um, and by the time the season ends, we are going to have probably a lot of answers on what direction the Predators should go in. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think this is a really critical season because the big holes, they've addressed big holes. Can they compensate for little issues? 
you know, a lot, there's a lot that the predators need to prove this season with, with the roster, the way they've constructed it and with leadership. So, you know, but I am also, I am cautiously optimistic. I'm yeah. cautiously optimistic. It's famous last words. For I don't want to cry at the end of this season. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. No. Um, so yeah, we'll see. And we get our first look at the predators at home ice tonight. Seven o'clock puck drop against the Dallas Stars. Again, we will have a full recap tomorrow on Locked on Predators. And where can the people find your work? You can find my work at insidethepreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter, underscore NS Morgan. Also, be sure to subscribe to our shows. You can find us free on any podcast platform. Whatever the thing you podcast platform, yep. yeah. Uh, subscribe on that Google, Odyssey, Amazon, Spotify. Just keep naming podcasts until you find one that you use. Subscribe on that. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, also be sure to hit that subscribe button and hit the bell notification as well. That way, you'll be the first to know when there is new locked on Preds content out. That is going to do it for us us on today's show. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with Preds Stars Recap.